Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping product-based business owners turn into revenue-generating, successful, happy product bosses. I'm Jacqueline Snyder. And I'm Nina Kunlosita. Together through digital courses, coaching, and masterminds, we've helped over 50,000 students from startup to multi-million dollar businesses scale their sales while blending in their dream life. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Imina, so today we're going to talk about America's richest self-made women. And this comes from the Fords, um, Forbes. Forbes, not Fords. <laughs> <laughs> Which are also very rich, I'm sure. Somebody. <laughs> this is Forbes' ranking of the country's most successful women entrepreneurs, executives, and entertainers. And my question to you is, is do you know what they all have in common? I would say they're women. They're rich. They live in America. So those are the facts right there. Ooh, good job. <laughs> uh, but probably I would say maybe if I had to guess something is that they didn't let failure stop them. Mm. I would say that's true. So one of the things that we're looking at the Forbes 2022 America's Richest Self-Made Women. And okay, so these women... They are all self-made, right? Which means that they've done something themselves. That they, you know, it's not that they're a CEO for somebody else's company, but they've they're self-made and they've done it. Now, all of you out there listening, I want you to also know that you are somewhere on this list. Okay, because you're all self-made women, you're self-made entrepreneurs. If this list kept going into the thousands and thousands and thousands, you would be on this list. And that is a big deal because there are billions of people in the world. We just hit our like we just hit billion eight percent. billion. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so, due to the pandemic and babies being born. Know what I, I mean? mean? Sure. <laughs> I bet everyone really loves when we get into science. <laughs> yeah. But here's what I want to say about the top. Let's say let's talk about the top five. Okay, we have Diane Hendricks. Let's also talk about their ages. Okay, let's talk about women and their ages because you and I started the product boss at thirty. I was thirty-seven. You were thirty-nine. Yes. It, except for, okay, let me, I wonder, I want to ask them questions. So does this mean that they made this within the, no, this is their net worth, not in the year. So yeah. of course they would be older because their net worth is more as, as they get old. But er. I mean, go on, go on. Or er. <laughs> old er, that's right. Because one, I want to tell any of you out there, no matter what age you are, it does not matter. We started yeah. this in our late 30s. Did we think when I was 37 you were 39 that we'd have a multi-million dollar business in a few years? Absolutely 100% no. Right? Did we not feel like right. we were set in the other businesses we created? And we oh, were no, no. Our I was 37. You were 35. Because our daughters were two. So if you do the math. You're right. Yeah. Wow. I was young then. I know. To be young and free. Yeah. <laughs> not so free, but much younger. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I want any, all of you and any of you that are listening to this to know that these women and their ages, that they have been building, they have been building their businesses and they are, you know, Mina and I are not going to be on like the top women Forbes, whatever at 41, because, uh, well, we haven't made a tech company. Um, we didn't yeah. get into crypto. But I mean, anyways, the okay. top one is Diane Hendricks. She does roofing, 75 years old, net worth 12.2 billion I would say I'm okay with not making 12.2 billion. You know, I can be somewhere on this list and, you know, 
but who knows by the time I was 75, who the heck knows? Because Diane, get this, is from Wisconsin, right here in the Midwest. And so is Judy Faulkner. Who's which number does- two. Number two, 6.7 78 years old, healthcare software, also out of Wisconsin. What are the mm-hmm. odds of that? Well, then let's go to Judy Love. She's number three, 5.2 billion. She's 84 years old. She's in retail and gas stations and she's from Oklahoma. Yeah. Then we've got Jonelle Hunt, who's next, 4.3 billion, 90 yeah. in trucking from Arkansas. Yep. And we've only hit like the Midwest, I feel like. Because yeah, the next one's Michigan, Texas, Utah. California is all the way down at number seven. Yeah, So right. Then there's lots even. of Californias in the 20s, 7s to 20s. Yeah, you know? but they're like, you know, they're another thing. So here's what we want to say, and this is what we want to, you to see. These women are self-made and this is what they do. Roofing, healthcare software, retail and gas stations, trucking, Little Caesars Pizza. Okay, so what is... What do they all have in common? Let's try this question again. Very specific to what they're doing. They focused. Yeah. Um, So even (laughs) nothing as specific as Little Caesars Pizza because somebody else was fast food. (laughs) (laughs) But like roofing, right? Diane Hendricks, 12.2 billion. More than Oprah Winfrey. Bless Oprah. She's only 2.6 billion. She's number 10. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is, let's let's talk in perspective to Oprah and Diane. So Diane has a roofing company. Like she sells roofing products, right? Mm -hmm. So she sells things for people who are in roofing. Now that is so specific. Judy Faulkner, $6.7 billion, 78-year-old woman, healthcare software. Judy Love, two Judys, 84 years old, makes 5.2 billion retail and gas stations. So... What we want you to realize here when we're looking at these self-made women and and their billions, none of us are saying like, hey, how do we become billionaires? But we are self-made and we want to run these businesses. And what it really comes down to is focus. It's about getting really good at what you do, being known for something and doing well. Because the thing is, is that if we are like, but I'm good at a lot of things, I can do a lot of things, or I'm going to leave money on the table if I don't make all these other products because my customers are asking me for it. Mm-hmm. I need to do roofing and siding and grass sodding, you know, or whatever, right? But roofing is very specific. And she is the number one self-made woman in the country. So, you know, I think a lot of times we hear somebody say, well, I'm in roofing. Like we have somebody in hotel sheets, right? And- Someone that is in, our, in one of our yeah. groups, she sells uh, bed, like sheets. Yeah, for hotels. Well, I mean, hotel-esque sheets. And she could get into curtains. She could get into carpets or pillow shams. I don't know. She could start making mattresses to go with her sheets. Right. I mean, all the things. And I think that's what we hear a lot of times is people come to us and they're like, but I know I'm supposed to diversify. But are you? Because you're a small business right now and you don't have the money to diversify. So what you need to do, my friends, is what we teach you of diversifying your sales channels and your marketing channels, becoming known for something as specific as roofing before you even think about adding on siding. But maybe you never do siding because you're okay with your... How much was it? Your 12 billion. Are you going to be okay with that 12 billion? Yeah, but... But she no, got really because, good at it, right? <laughs> no, because I could be doing sighting. So maybe I could be making 12.5 <laughs> billion. No, she would not have gotten there if she stopped yeah. focusing. 
So I think this is something that we do a lot with our masterminders. A lot mm-hmm. of people there... Now, when I want to just redefine small business, small business is up to 50 employees. Yep. So then it we moves to with, mid-size. Yeah. So we worked with people making in their $20 million in revenue in their product-based business with a small amount of employees, which means they're still a small business no matter what their revenue is. Okay. So a lot of the people that come to us and they work with us and they're in the mastermind and most of the time they all want to scale. They want to grow their business. They want more revenue, but they want more ease. They want to hire more people that can help to take stuff off of their plate. And they want to be able to like high level it. Think like higher strategy. Okay. Now I want to grow into this direction. Like I want to... Like I just had a conversation with someone today as a potential masterminder. She's out of Canada and she wants to cross over into the US market. But she can't do it right now based on the way that her team is and all the things that she's got all her hands in in her business. She can't even get to the strategy. She wants to double her revenue and she wants to and she wants to cross into America. How is she going to do that with the same products? We're not talking about new products in America. But how is she going to do that if she can't get out of her own way? So I think in our mastermind, what we've been really successful at, and I know you all hear us talk about bestsellers, but it's people want to... They want to diversify their product lineup. They think if I just make more and more, people are going to buy it. And I'm telling you this, this is across the board. Multi-six-figure, multi-seven-figure, just starting to make money. You all think you have to make more. But what would happen if you truly focused? If you got, mm-hmm. if you became the best at what you do, if you became the best at the product that you make, if you really fine-tuned it, if you worked on your customer service, if you created raving fans and people were talking about you, could you get to... Your revenue goals, could you double your business with ease? Way more than you could if you decided to make all the other things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Jacqueline and I were looking through the video of our in-person mastermind. We had an in-person mastermind in Phoenix last year, or this not last year, this past year. And I dropped a big gem, let me tell you. I was proud of myself. We were watching the video and I said something to the effect of, and I want to repeat it here, of you know, a lot of times when, especially right now, as we're going into an economic shift, people are like, I need to switch up my product or I need to, um, I need, uh, I need to discount my products. They're like, okay, I can't change my product. So now I'm going to discount it instead. So you go into that mentality, but I want to remind you that one of the things that you, uh, that what you need to do instead of a race to the bottom is you instead tweak the customer or you tweak the, the marketing meaning you get closer to your customer. And if you realize that that customer is not willing to buy, then that isn't your customer, right? You're going for value, getting to know them versus I'm going to discount it until that customer buys from me. Or it might be instead, that same product, same product, getting to know your customer better and tweaking perhaps you need to have the upper tier of that customer, the ones that are able to pay that specific price. You're not switching your product. You're not switching your price. You're adding more value. The other part of that is instead, you tweak the messaging, meaning the hooks, the campaigns, the what you're pushing. So um, it's the same product, but you're speaking about it in a different way. You're messaging it in a different way. You're talking about it in a way that's top of mind for that upper level customer that I just talked about a minute, uh, 10 seconds ago, right? So you're able to really focus on the product and what you become known for and the action steps you take are getting to know your customer better or and or getting the messaging right on track. So I think for whatever takeaway you want to take from this is that you got to get really, really good 
and focus. And how do you get really good at it? You get the best, like what Jacqueline said about making your product, doing, becoming known for something, you become the best and focusing on your customer and the value that they need and talking to them and really understanding that that's the price that they'll pay, you know? And then you also get really, really good at focusing on the messaging that hits your customer at the right time and their desires of why they're going to buy right in that specific time. Mm -hmm. So I I clicked on Diane Hendricks to just learn a little bit more about her. She co-founded the business with her husband, Ken, in, in Wisconsin. And then he died. And so she took it over. Here's what led to um, the two biggest acquisitions in the history of her company, which is actually ABC Supply, is that they bought the competition. They mm. went and they bought two of their competitions. So when any of you get scared about going deep, right? Going into your bestseller, like really being known for something, getting exceptional, working out all the kinks, right? Around customer service, around production, development, team, um, decisions, like living the life that you dream of while this business is working for you. And you're like, but but what if there's competition? What if they do something? You buy them. Mm-hmm. You might get to the point that you could buy out your competition. This is something in our mastermind as well, where people are acquiring companies to build into their company. Like it might be a company that they were buying from. And then this company, they were like, how about I buy you out instead of continuing to buy from you. There are people in our mastermind that are selling their company. They're looking to build their company so that they can sell it. There are people who want this to be a legacy company that they're going to keep. But if you get scared, we just want you to think a little bit higher. And when we say a little bit higher, means instead of being afraid of the competition, think of the potential like Diane Hendricks, who is by far $6 billion, $6 billion more wealthy than the second person on the list. She bought her competition. And so Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what other people are doing. It matters what you do and what you do to continue to pivot along this this path of entrepreneurship. What do you do to make it better? What do you do for yourself to help yourself grow? Right. Because you're all listening to this podcast, you're looking to learn, you know, this is free information and you're learning. But the question is, is do you take action after? Because you can listen and listen and listen. But if you are not changing, you're actually not learning. If you're not taking different steps, you're not learning right now. You're just taking in information. When you're a product boss just starting out, you have to wear all of the hats on a regular basis. But then let's say your company grows and you're able to bring on team members. You can take some things off your plate and delegate, which is amazing. But it also leaves you with a unique challenge too, marketing. Yep. Good marketing is involved with everything in your business, sales, customer service, social media, delivery, all of it. When you're the only person and you're wearing all of the hats in your business, it's easy to keep up with all the different touch points. But as you start to build a team, you now have to figure out who needs to share what information and to what channels your marketing can stay relevant and cohesive. It is no joke. And in a product-based business, you have to be able to move fast, which is why it's important to have the right data at your fingertips. Fortunately, there's HubSpot. HubSpot is a software platform that collects all the information your marketing team needs in one place. It's easy to learn, easy to use, and easy to customize as your business needs shift. Use it to share data, manage your records, analyze past performance, and plan new campaigns. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com.
Because Diane could have said, you know what, roofing, if I specialize in roofing or if I focus on roofing, there's too much competition. That's what stops us, uh, us a lot of times. It's We hear this all the time of it's such a saturated market. It's, you know, I have too many competitors. But you know what in actuality is, is what a crowded market tells you? It means there's an actual market. You want there to be a competition. You want there to be a, a competitive marketplace because then that affirms for you that there's actual customers that are out there. You don't want to go into something that's never been done before, that has no market or no competition because then there's no market, there's no customers. And there's a reason why there's no customers is because there's the marketplace hasn't been established yet. So it's really hard being yeah. at the front. Oh yeah, because you the, all the people that come behind you look, get to learn off the mistakes that you paid for. Think about TiVo. Yeah. Or TiVo. Does anyone remember that that is back in the day? Rest in peace. Yeah. TiVo was <laughs> the first device that allowed us to record live TV without a cassette mm-hmm. tape. <laughs> Kids are like, "What is that?" Without, without a, v- a VCR. VCR. And, you know, and it came and it went and it established a technology that then eventually DirecTV just incorporated into their system, right? I'll say the same for me, Cuffs Couture. There were wearable wrist wallets out there, but there wasn't a big enough industry for my wearable wrist wallets. There wasn't a big enough need. So while I made a lot of money, it was a short-lived business and a short-lived business idea because it didn't have a big enough established market. I was really good friends with one of the... um what was he like head of merchandising at Forever 21? Mm-hmm. And he kind of coached me when I was coming up when I was like 26, 27. He was kind of giving me advice around merchandising and building. And I was like, you guys aren't going to knock me off, are you? Now that you know about this and you're seeing the success I'm having. He's like, if we ever did knock you off, this is how he left it. Not no, I'm not going to. He said, if we ever did, we would run it for a season. We'd run it through and we'd be done with it. Because they were all about churn, right? They were all about like, what do you have that's new? Get rid of it and go. And I was trying to establish this whole business on it. So it doesn't mean that, you know, because as I changed and grew my company, I started making headbands and I started making necklaces. But I will tell you that ended up that ended up as part of my demise because my sales rep was the one that was coming to me and saying, Hey, this person over here is doing that, and this person over here is doing that, because it was hard for them to sell the cuff. So they wanted me to get into the other parts of the accessory market. But I wasn't a jewelry company. But it wasn't their money, right? Right. I wasn't a jewelry <laughs> company. I wasn't a headband company. And I was known for Cuffs Couture. I had press. I had celebrities. I had the stuff going for it. Now, whether or not for all of you out there as entrepreneurs, whether your business lasts your lifetime or your business lasts for a few years, you have a great idea, you run it, you do it, and you move on. Like We have a really good example. example um, she's a past masterminder, Tiffany of Chunks. Mm-hmm. She created, she went viral back in the day with these like hand dip dyed um, tights. I believe they were. Leggings, and she, right? Leggings. And she mm-hmm. was, I think it was on like Pinterest that went viral and Etsy people were buying it. And it was to the point that she could not, she tells her story, I think on the podcast, but she could not keep up with the production of it. She was doing it all herself and she didn't know how to scale it. And it was like, do I break down mentally or do I stop the company? And she decided to stop the company. A few mm-hmm. years later, she came out with chunks, which are these beautiful hair accessories, really cool, really stylish. She figured out how to do it differently. She figured out how to like have a production team in China where she does ethical um, Chinese manufacturing. She has a huge team now. I think she has a warehouse. She sells to places like Urban Outfitters and Anthropology. Like she has a lot. 
and her life looks different. She had to go through her entrepreneurial journey, make -hmm. decisions, and she came up with something else. So I just want you all to also realize like, we can ebb and flow through things that work for us or don't work for us. But that the point is though, is that you want to focus and get really good at it, make as much money as you possibly can from it. And if it has life and legs, great. And if it doesn't or doesn't work in that way or that season, you pause and you build something new. Yep. You take action and you focus because the thing is, even with Tiffany with Chunks, you know, she was in our mastermind. She had to make these really big decisions a lot of the times, you know, who she was going to hire, were they going to be more operational? I remember she ended up cleaning up her operations more so because she knew she already felt her own demise, right? From that first business. And then she ended up hiring the team there first before she hired the marketing team, for example. And it just goes to show you like these big decisions that you have to make of, you know, what am I going to focus on and what am I going to take action on? And then the mastermind is really great for that, especially because you have these big decisions that can feel kind of like out of scope, but you're the one who's living your life and you want to be able to like make that decision with somebody else. And then you can, in your gut as the business owner, you know what's right for your business. You know what's right for your life. And I think that that is really the thing is you get really, really good at it. You have somebody else that kind of keeps you on track because we, we're we humans. We always get off track. Mm-hmm. You know, we get derailed with this, derailed with that. We, you know, have shiny objects that glitter and glitz and we think it's greener on that side of the grass where they're living life, but they're probably not, you know, living the life that we want anyways. And I think that that gets really hard when you're alone in it and not feeling like you have any sort of focus. So you know what it takes to grow grass? Mm, Sunlight? Manure. (laughs) And there's manure on both sides, right? So like, you know what you can deal with on your side and you think the grass is greener, but there might be more manure over there. Keep making the grass greener, you know? So I think the other side of this is that looking at these self-made women and wherever you are, Diane, you know, Susie Weiss-Fishman who co-founded OPI, Mina and myself, any of you out there, whether you've never made a sale, you're making a couple hundred dollars a month, a couple thousand dollars, 30, 40, 50,000 a month, hundreds of thousand dollars a month. No matter where you are on that that like revenue scale, it's hard for us to imagine. We can all have a goal, but it's hard for us to imagine anywhere past that goal. Mm-hmm. When Diane Hendricks started this company with her husband, do you think that they were like, we're going to grow this to be... You're going to die and I'm going to become the richest woman in the world oh or in God. America no, I don't with $12 think they probably million. had this conversation. They did not have that conversation. <laughs> they just said, you know how they met? She sold custom homes for a builder before she met Ken, who was a roofer. Oh my God. This is literally a true life love story. Yeah. So she knew building and she would sell custom homes. So she knew the needs of the customer. He mm-hmm. was a roofer and he knew the needs of roofing. And they joined together and they created this business. And I bet you they were just trying to make money to grow a family and to support mm-hmm. themselves. And then whatever led them to where they are now, it's where they are now. So Another like analogy is I was just watching the new show Limitless with um the handsome Chris Hemsworth. It's on Disney Plus. He goes through like all these things. Ad. Oh, and then I said he's, mm. <laughs> he's special to look at. <laughs> so he does this first episode and it's about stress and stress response. And he shows this woman who <laughs> wait for it. 
she walks like a tightrope over like huge ravines. Like she'll. Oh rock my god! Climb. I've seen her on Instagram. I have to like literally block her. Turn because away. It's right. So scary. <laughs> but how so does she, she get the ropes on both sides? She's to climb both sides. Oh my god! That's a lot of effort to try and kill yourself. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah. You all know where we stand on this one too. But she's breathing and she has to talk to herself. She has to say like, up, up, you know, like breathe. She coaches herself. And she says, you know, she doesn't look down because if you look down or you look too far ahead, that's when our fear responses are going to get triggered. Instead, Mm -hmm. all she does is she coaches herself up to take action, like you said, and she focuses on the first next step and then the step after. Because her life is is based on like her survival is based on just placing her foot that next step exactly where she places her foot. And that's all she can focus on. She can't think about all the other stuff. And then it's the next step. And then the next step until she eventually Mm. makes it to the other side. Oh, I love that. That's the biggest takeaway from this whole entire episode. Write this down, everybody. (laughs) They all have in common that they take, that the way they, they become successful is one foot in front of the other. Literally. Don't look down. Don't look too far ahead. Don't look behind you. Look at where where you are. are. Yeah. Yeah. And just take that step. You will be surprised what's going to happen is when you get further, when you get to the other side, when you get to the next stop point, you're going to look back and be like, oh my goodness, I did that. I don't even know how I did it. But don't worry about how you're going to do it now. Just take the step. Yeah. I love that. So... The point of this whole podcast was, one, you are all on this list. You're becoming self-made women and men and people, what, however you identify, right? You're all self-made. Second thing is, is focus. It's not about, I can't leave money on the table or I have this idea or I want to do something like that. Focus. Become the best. First, become the best of it in your house or your studio. Then become the best at it in your town. Then in your city, then in your state then maybe in the country, then maybe in the world, right? Then world domination. Then you will dominate the world with (laughs) candles and jewelry. But just become the best at what you're doing and stay focused and one step in front of the other. And if you qualify for a mastermind, which if you're making over $300,000, multiple six, high multiple six, and multiple seven figures, we invite you to come look at um, the productbossmastermind.com page and... If you feel like this is a fit, we invite you to apply. And if you make it past the first stage of when we get your application in, the team and and Mina and I will review it within 48 hours. And if you make it to the next step, it's kind of like American Idol, um, we'll invite you for the second step. So there are a few spots left. Make sure to check that out if you qualify. But I hope that this resonated with all of you listening. Yeah, we'll see you in there, everybody. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the shop one in five pledge, and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge if you head to shop1in5.com. The link is in the show notes. And when you get there, please make sure to share the pledge with your friends, your family, and your customers. Let's invite everyone to take the Shop 1 in 5 pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change lives. 
Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.